I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. This is where the fun begins. Hello there. Hello and welcome to Jedi Knights, the official Star Wars podcast for Joy Clicks. I'm one of your pilots today for episode number 94. We're at 94 already. Mike Connors. Uh, and always, I have my co-host Christian in the uh, in the co-pilot seat. How are you today, my man? Doing good, Mike. I'm doing very well. We got a Spider-Man trailer. It's not Ugh. it's not Star Wars, but it's it's the it's the same part of my brain that gets hyped up, you know. So feeling excited today. It really it really is the same part of the brain. Uh, I woke up and I almost like couldn't believe my eyes, to be honest with you, when I saw that. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched it and I still couldn't believe my eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're not here to talk about Spider-Man, though. I no, guess no. we could uh, forever, but we're here for Star Wars. Uh, and we got a lot of Star Wars news to talk about, baby, because we missed last week. So sorry for every- to everybody. Had a glitch in the system, but we're back and we're ready to go. Yes, yes. So, um, yeah, have you been, like, how have you been? It's just been a while, Christian. Yeah, um, you know, been very busy, started doing some new work, so just been very occupied with a lot of the techie stuff, editing and all that, but in the meantime, have I done any Star Wars things? Um, Mm. I don't think so. Um, there hasn't been much to do Star Wars-wise lately, outside of Bad Batch, of course, but I'm definitely feeling it. You know, I'm ready for the next thing. Visions is coming up soon, so I'm ready for more Star Wars. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I would say that probably the last two weeks have just been consumed by a hype for Star Wars Visions, and we'll get into that later on in the episode, for sure. Uh, honestly, I have also been consumed with, you know, work and everything, but... I recently figured out how to play Xbox, like, uh, their, like, gaming service over the cloud or whatever. Mm. Um, and one of those games that you can play is Star Wars Battlefront 2. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't play it for that long because there's a lot of, like, input lag with the controller and everything. Yeah. Kind of, like, the experience isn't, like, very fluid or anything, but... Uh, yeah, no, I, I just decided to see how that would work, basically streaming it to my MacBook. It was pretty incredible, but uh, yeah, yeah, they need to tweak, they need to tweak it out a little bit more. But mm-hmm. promising technology for sure. It was fun playing Star Wars like that. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I, I think that's it's very exciting. I messed with a little bit of it myself, and it's cool. You know, we're probably like a, a just just slightly outside the timeline of it working as intended, but it's still really cool. So. Oh, totally. It definitely needs some more work, but it is a very interesting technology for sure, and it's going to be the future. That's for that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I think we should get on to what we normally do here for Star Wars for Joy Clicks uh, Jedi Knights because we've missed a whole week. We need to get straight into the action. Uh, let's not let's not cut any corners here. Let's do let's do it how we always do it. Starting with uh, from the Jedi Archives, one of the uh, very fun segments that we have here on Jedi Knights. Christian and I both go on Wikipedia, which is the online Star Wars wiki. We both choose an article and we bring it to here, uh, this podcast, and we share it with the class and we educate one another on a piece of Star Wars lore, fiction, or canon or otherwise. Um, So Christian, what'd you bring today? What's your Wikipedia article? Forgive me if the pronunciation is off, but I brought Mithra Nuruodo. (laughs) Whoa. Are you familiar with this? You movie? killed it. You kill. You killed it. 
hundred percent. You are accuracy. Oh, no, I, well, I am I am familiar with him, but I'm saying that you also killed the pronunciation. 100% thank accuracy. You. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I'm uh, I'm a regular chis language <laughs> expert, you know. Um, of course. So it's a fancy way to say Thrawn. So I pull Thrawn. Mm. Um, uh, Nuruduo, born as Kuvu Rao Nuru, with the core name Vuron, recognized in his early Ooh. military career as. Mithra Nuru was better known by his core name, Thrawn, a Chiss male officer of the Chiss Ascendancy and Grand Admiral in the Imperial Navy during the Age of the Galactic Empire. So yeah, it's Thrawn. Thrawn uh, is a valued member of the Imperial military, basically was able to rise up through the ranks despite the heavy, heavy racism in, or speciesism, I guess, in the Empire's ranks. We know that aliens are really not welcome in the ranks of the Empire, but Thrawn is an anomaly. Thrawn was a genius tactician, uh, has been brought into canon since he was debuted in the Heir to the Empire trilogy of books. Yes. So yeah, Thrawn. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, yes, Thrawn notably uses the art of his opponents to sort of detect and predict like how they're going to act during war. I always thought that was very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, he's thinking about military in a different way, really shows his his good tactician skills, I guess, uh, military tactician skills. Um, I always loved how he had a super long name, but everybody just calls him Thrawn. It's much easier that way, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's a great character. I'm sure we'll be seeing more of him oh, for soon. Sure. Absolutely. What do you pick? Uh, so I picked the low altitude assault transport vehicle. Are you familiar with the LAAT, as yep. it's as it's commonly referred to? The LAT. I feel like I've seen that before. I cannot place it, but it sounds familiar. So this is also known as the Republic Attack gunship. So you've definitely seen it before. Yes. It's like the quintessential clone, like with the bubbles on the side. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah, uh, good good stuff all around. Um, so, yeah, that's its technical name, the Low Altitude Assault Transport Vehicle. Um, it's ma made by Rathana Heavy Engineering. Um, it's a gunship, a transport ship, a starfighter. You can fly it in space. Um, and also a bomber. I think we saw that in the Clone Wars. It uh, has the capability of dropping payloads like that. Uh, it is 17.69 meters in length. Uh, it can go... 620 kilometers per hour that's Damn. its maximum atmospheric speed that's pretty freaking fast um not really sure what the conversion is there on miles per hour but i'm sure it's fast <laughs> so is it um, kilometers per hour and, yeah yeah kilometers per hour um it's all in the metric system mm -hmm. i guess the people in wikipedia don't account for us americans <laughs> so out of curiosity the only plane that i know the name of a boeing 747 top speed uh -huh. 988 kilometers per hour really yeah interesting i mean so i guess i guess our in-universe boeing what 737 goes faster than the republic attack gunship mm -hmm. the more you know yeah <laughs> that's pretty cool um i always liked the the way that these ships looked um and always kind of curious what happened to them after the republic kind of mm -hmm. fell we don't really see them in the imperial context except for like the bad batch really yeah um but i i always liked how these looked 
Um, I think that it's getting a Lego set this summer, I believe. Um, so yeah, great stuff all around. Yeah, I love this ship. It's so cool. It's such an awesome piece of Star Wars design. And again, Tartakovsky Clone Wars, the way that they paint like the war paint on them. So it's got like the shark face and stuff like uh, some of the World War II planes, like very cool stuff. I, I love this look and just how heavy tied it is to the clones. It's, it's a cool, cool ship. Yeah, it's very iconic. Um, George Lucas definitely knew what he was doing when he was when he was uh, approving that design for sure. Hell yeah! Uh, all right, so uh, we have a lot of news to get to. We have about like two weeks of news to go through. Um, I'd say it's probably there's probably more TV oriented than anything else. Um, and I'm gonna start with some big news first, and kind of like work my way down through the the tiers, I guess. So big news first, smaller news last. Um, the first thing that I saw, and this is really just the headline, there's really not much to it. Uh, according to Bestman Bulletin, who in the past has been known for some like pretty decent scoops, um, so but take it with a grain of salt, um, they, they report that through their insiders, whoever that may be, at Pinecraft Studios, where they film many of the Star Wars films, uh, that Andor has reportedly just completely wrapped filming. Um, so that's, you know, a pretty big deal, considering that we have been talking about this show coming out sometime in 2022. Uh, and if they're, you know, ending filming in the summer of 2021, that gives them enough time to sort of, you know, probably meet that deadline or that goal rather. So um, I think this is good news all around. Um, I'm sure Disney's probably put the, the fire under their butts to sort of like kind of get it done because they, I'm sure they want to have a pretty stacked schedule for 2022 on Disney+. Plus. Um, but yeah, uh, good stuff all around, I think. What, what about you, Christian? you have any thoughts on Andor reportedly wrapping? Um, like you said, good that it's on track. I'm very excited for this show. Love Cassian. He's like one of my favorite characters of the new era. So I'm ex very, very excited to explore more of him. And I hope we get some teaser this year. I know we got Disney Plus Day, right? They have announced that. That's sometime in november like the anniversary they're gonna show off some new projects oh i totally forgot about that honestly yeah it, it's it's a whatever thing because it's gonna have a bunch of marvel stuff too it's just an event that's happening in november yeah. um but i imagine we could probably see some star wars stuff there like do you think this is a chance to show up on that day uh i mean totally i think that I, from what i remember if i'm saying that was a thing um that they were gonna show off some star wars stuff yeah. i would assume that you know, if if not Andor, that like I would say like also maybe even like Kenobi, um, just because we know that they've been filming it. Um, by then they might be done. Um, I'm sure they've already started working on like putting it together in post and everything. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know. I, I've been I've been really I've been really personally jonesing to like you know see something from Kenobi because uh, you know obviously we, who doesn't want to see Ewan McGregor back in action. Um, but yeah, I think it definitely has a chance of being shown at that in November. Do you? Yeah, I think for Kenobi, I think there's a good shot that we'll get a teaser. Like Yeah. Like twenty seconds. Like just seeing him in his hut or something, like by a fireplace. Like I think we will see him in costume. We will see a glorified camera test essentially. At the very least. Uh, I think it's more likely yeah. we would get a trailer for either Cassian or Amanda season three, or maybe the first episode of Book of Boba Fett drops that day. I don't know, but 
I'm sure we'll see some Star Wars stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think I think getting a trailer from Andor is probably something that we can. I'd probably put money on that, to be honest. Um, I, I I just have a feeling that out of any of the Star Wars shows that are going to be put on Disney Plus um, in 2022, I think Andor is probably one of the ones that's going to come out first, just because it's it seemed to have started production earlier than all the other ones. But I don't know if you also feel the same way. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Like, I know Cassian had a few hiccups. Remember, with, like, at the beginning of COVID, they had to bring on a new director because I think Tony Gilroy maybe was, like, stuck in L.A. or something. Like, they had some hurdles. I forget if that was the actual uh, creative person who was trapped, but um, there there was a bit of a stall with Cassian. But it has been in production for a while. We saw that behind-the-scenes thing almost a year ago for the, like, behind-the-scenes doc featurette so yeah i imagine cassian is going to be out before probably before mando right unless they hold it i mean yeah yeah i mean it's po- it's possible that they rush mando yeah. uh but speaking of mando actually um going on to the next piece of news that we have here um so speaking at an appearance at steel city con which i would imagine is in pittsburgh right i don't know probably. uh carl weathers carl weathers who plays grief Karga. In the Mandalorian, and has also directed, I think, one episode, season two, of the Mandalorian. Uh, he was speaking during an appearance, and he said, "Quote: We're going to start a new season of the Mandalorian within the next month." This is a recent comment. Uh, "Quote: And I get to be in front of the camera again, and I get to direct again." That's what he said. Uh, so that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Um, I didn't think it was really a question whether or not Grief uh, or Carl, Carl Weathers was going to direct another episode. I kind of figured that that would be the case. Um, but it's good to sort of hear after John Carlo Esposito a few weeks ago made that comment that filming was going to start soon. Uh, it's good to hear from him like an actual timeline on this. Uh, they're really getting their feet moving and they're starting to do something with Mandalorian season three. So that's pretty hype. Uh, we get we get one Star Wars show wrapping filming. And so so one book closes as another book opens and we're getting more <laughs> we're getting more star wars so this is a pretty cool thing um i'm really happy that this is actually starting to move forward what about you christian yeah i think it's exciting um like you said no real surprise that carl weathers is back i think it's cool that he's gonna hop in the director's seat again because i i liked his episode i would put it up in the the top half of my favorite episodes from that season right because that was the the big reveal of the snoke test tubes that was a cool episode with the totally invasion of the base and the escape like i thought he handled the pace and the action really well so excited to see him take another crack at mandalorian and uh yeah i'm interested to see how his role evolves you know because he's in charge of that spaceport and um maybe he's still there maybe he's do you think he's going to be disappointed if Din rolls up without Grogu? <laughs> I think I think he probably would be disappointed because we know that he started to love Grogu a little bit yeah. um, at the end of season two. A question that I did want to pose to you, Christian, uh, now that we know Gina Carano is not coming back as Cara Dune, right? Yeah, do you yeah. think maybe like Carl... <laughs> uh do you, do you think maybe carl weathers uh and his character of grief Karga, do you think that that character might take on some of that screen time maybe some of that responsibility that the writers were maybe planning on giving to cara dune um maybe that has to go somewhere maybe they reimagine the character i don't know what do you what's your take on that yeah i'm not really sure because i i 
I think the idea of Grief Karga being the, um, let's say, like, the mayor of this spaceport, and then yeah. Kara Dune being his agent, like, his, his marshal or whatever she was called, to enact the will of him for the people... It was an interesting dynamic, and I don't know if I could see Grief Karga step into that role, so maybe he brings in somebody else. Like, I know we've talked about maybe elevating a background character or a secondary character into the Cardoon role. A lot of people, when it comes to Rangers, want to see Harrison Dula put in the spot of what Gina Carano's character was going to do, so like... I don't know if they'd bring Hera into the Mandalorian to work with him or anything, but um, yeah, I, I'm struggling to see Carl Weathers' Grief Karga fit into that martial role that she did and that uh, Cobb Vanth does. You know? <laughs> Do you think that maybe he'll have like just a larger role within like what his character already is, though? Like maybe maybe not taking on that exact responsibility, but mm-hmm. um, now that Gina Carano like isn't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of spitballing here. I'm no, just thinking I, yeah, maybe yeah. we could we'll we'll see we'll see more of grief grief Carter because of that that reason. Unless they do elevate, you know, another character, mm-hmm. which is possible. Yeah, I think it's definitely possible. I think grief Carga could be fit in to have sort of a not mentorship, but like a a trusted bond with Din when he's kind of out on his own and looking over his shoulder for uh, Bo-Katan, right? Like I think. Yeah, I, I think having him step up a little bit um, to sort of fill that trusted friend role that he kind of had with Kara, like Din did, but um, could could work. Yeah, for sure. I think honestly, I think they should. Um, who played the X-wing pilots? It was Dave Filoni and somebody else. I forget that actor's name. Yes. Um, they should. Yeah. Who? I, what is that guy's name? But they should. They should definitely bring him into a bigger role i don't know if they're going to do something with with rangers of the new republic mm-hmm. uh and that specific side character but um yeah they should just make him the new character dude <laughs> cool. uh but yeah so we're gonna so if if mando season three is starting to film within the next month uh you know starting maybe sometime in september when do you think um we should expect sort of to see it now that we're getting like more concrete details on you know when they're actually going to start you know making the, making the damn thing i mean i think it depends on a lot of things because next year i think is going to be the first we thought it was going to be this year but next year is going to be the first major year where we have probably overlap with a lot of shows airing on disney plus for originals like i don't yeah. even want to know how many marvel shows there are next year there's probably like six and then there's at least four star wars shows with Andor, kenobi mando and bad batch unless and like maybe more that we don't know about um yeah so i think i think it really depends because it i i feel like trying to get it out by summer would be a, a reach but we know it does well in that holiday time slot disney likes having star wars stuff in that november december range so i i would assume that's when we can probably see it and then that big summer blockbuster thing maybe that goes to kenobi yeah that's possible 
or or maybe they're thinking about like putting Kenobi in that holiday season, sure. and sort of like changing where they where changing where they put Mando. You know, mm-hmm. uh, sort of like because I could see them doing that, right? If they ha- like honestly, Kenobi is going to be like more of like an event. I feel, yeah, 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 yeah. And the like the type of stuff that they usually release in the fall in the holiday seasons, just like historically, seems to be like those those bigger like more insane like big projects. So I could see them sort of like switching it around and being like, you know what, like this is going to be like, you know, them thinking to themselves, like we're creating so many shows anyway, we're going to have to figure out like a new way to sort of like syndicate them on our program. Basically, Um, they might be just rethinking like when they release Mando to sort of fit in these bigger things. Uh, But, you know, it's possible that it's not even going to be done by then and they're going to have to release it sometime like in the holiday season, which is also a possibility. So. I don't know. Like you said, it does have a lot of competition. It'll be interesting to see when they when they bring it out, um, and whether they're going to want to do that really like before or after, like Andor, for instance. But I think they're going to probably have to have Andor be uh, released first, just because of how it's how the timing is shaking out for sure. But yeah. What can I say? Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. We're all we're, we're huh? We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, speaking of Star Wars TV, dang, so many Star Wars TV news today. Uh, mm. The Ahsoka show is looking for an actress to play Sabine Wren. Now, thank you, Hollywood Reporter. This is not something that they like wrote a story on or anything. Uh, it was basically like hidden in an article about the newly released What If series that Marvel's doing. Um, and writer Aaron Couch, I guess, said that Lucasfilm sources told him uh quote now dawson is leaving leaving a live action ahsoka spinoff for disney plus with sources saying lucasfilm is looking for an actress to star opposite dawson as mandalorian warrior sabine wren uh so this is from the hollywood reporter this is like an industry rag basically this is as like legit as you can get yeah uh so that's pretty that's pretty crazy that they're going in that route i guess it makes sense from what we saw Ahsoka in Mandalorian Season 2, she's looking for Grand Admiral Thrawn. We know from Rebels that at that point, maybe Grand Admiral Thrawn and Ezra are still at large, still missing. So it makes sense that Sabine Wren is coming along for the journey. Uh, so what do you think about this, Christian? Any thoughts about how this might shake out on screen? I mean, like you mentioned already, not a huge surprise like makes sense with the type of story they're looking to tell um yeah and having ahsoka be traveling with sabine and like this is probably the rebels sequel series right like this is that follow-up that everyone was yeah. wondering about right totally yeah i mean it's it's gotta be like they, they gotta be like trying to find Ezra or something like that and you know the way to find Ezra is like finding Thrawn basically so yeah like I don't know if we have credited writers yet or anything like that but at the very least I feel like Filoni will probably have the most involvement from all the live action shows so far with this one considering it is following Ahsoka and following up Rebels with all these characters right so like because mm-hmm. I, I remember a while ago that was one of the rumors was there was going to be a, a rebels animated follow-up but like what would you even do in that anymore if this is the story of the ahsoka live action show right 
Yeah, totally. I mean, like, it just seems the things are shifting toward, uh, things are shifting just like generally towards like live action TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't look past Star Wars, just look at Marvel and everything. Um, and this is a type of story that you could see doing, I feel like you could, I could see doing really well, uh, like in this format, right? Could there have been like an animated sequel to Rebels? Like, yeah. And like, what if it would have, would it make sense? Like, definitely. But it's always good to sort of like push the boundaries, I think, and sort of just like try new mediums. And uh, we know that people love Ahsoka just from like the backdoor esque pilot thing that happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so interesting interesting stuff i'm I'm kind of curious to see where that's gonna happen you know yeah. do you think they end up bringing in any any more rebels characters like is Hera gonna be involved or what's up um i think they'd have to be you know i think i think Hera would have to be involved um i just think that it would make a lot of sense uh and i'm really excited to see them sort of try to do this like in a different um like it's just in a different way mm-hmm. in a different medium that's just that's just where I'm coming at it with. Yeah, yeah, because so far Star Wars, with the exception of, I think Ahsoka and I guess Saw Gerrera, like not many characters have gone animated to live action. It's been the opposite. So now basically having an entire cast for this Ahsoka show that is mostly everybody's being pulled from animation and brought to live action like you said it's really interesting to see them hopefully nail this translation because we all think they did a really good job with ahsoka so if they can carry that through that'd be awesome definitely i mean going back to what what you said as well like dave filoni having a hand in this new ahsoka show i think you definitely have to uh just because like it's kind of like his baby you know what i mean yeah 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 like it's his story and like you know if anything, maybe like his work on the Mandalorian, like directing live action stuff was just like training for something like this. Um, I would be surprised if he didn't like direct a few episodes or like was like one of the main like producers on it. Like definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he would, he, he, you would need his like vision on something like this for it to like live up to rebels, you know? And I don't think that they would skimp out on that. Yeah, I agree. Well, very cool. Uh, if anybody's interested in playing Sabine Wren, maybe uh, reach out to Lucasfilm. Yeah, they're probably. It hard. looks like that they're looking for some. Yeah, it looks like they're looking for uh, you know he's you know sending a tape or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but do you think they'll have Rahu Kohli do um, Ezra Bridger? Is he too annoying on Twitter? I think um, <laughs> he will be a droid in a in a series. <laughs> They'll put him in, yeah, just despite him. He'll be like a droid. <laughs> um, yeah, well, interesting stuff. We'll definitely be following this as it, as it keeps going, and we'll bring the news to, to you as it happens. Faux show. Um, anyways, moving on now. This is like probably one of the bigger parts of the TV news that we have today. We have a trailer for Star Wars Visions, everybody. Now, this is the anime uh, rendition of just like star wars stories seven japanese anime studios are creating their own little star wars stories um it looks amazing and we finally have a trailer uh this show is going to be streaming september 22nd on disney plus um unclear if it's going to be like all really set once or episode by episode every week i think it's probably going to be the latter i'm not really sure Mm -hmm. 
Um, but it looks like we'll be getting, I think, nine episodes. Um, and man, Christian, this trailer looks looks fantastic. It looks very good. Yeah, uh, we talked about the the sizzle thing from Anime Expo, right, with all the pitches. But seeing it in motion, yeah. like fully, not just like the little clips we got, it's very cool because we see a lot of new stuff and we do get some teases of like, there's an episode about Boba Fett, right? Like there's an episode with some characters we know. Oh, totally. So I'm excited. I, I think you're right, though. It's probably going to be weekly. Like, what if for Marvel is sort of in this similar sort of, hey, each week is a new thing. And that's still weekly. So, yeah, I imagine based off the track record, they'll keep up the one a week. Definitely. I think that just makes the most sense. Um, Now, question. uh, Did you watch the Japanese version of the trailer? Did you watch the English version of the trailer? Oh, boy. I watched the English version. What did you watch? Okay. I watched watched both. I thought the... Honestly, like, on, I feel like when I watch this, I would probably want to watch the Japanese version, just like read the subtitles. Sure. Um, but it, like the Mike? English, the English. <laughs> I mean, Star Wars is turning me into a weeb. Okay, fair. I guess. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, honestly, like, I don't really have personally. I don't really have much experience with anime, to be quite honest. Do you? I, I like a lot of the superficial like i've seen cowboy bebop is my favorite show of all time and that's an anime so but it's like very western influence like it's it's space pirates basically and like steve bloom is the main character so like there's that there's dragon ball my hero death note kind of like i i've very cursory into some anime so okay so you you already know way more than i do I really don't know much. I kind of know like Studio Ghibli or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about it. Yeah. Uh, I watched like a few episodes of uh, My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's about it. That's really all. That's really all I have underneath my belt. And this is this looks really cool. Mike, what do you know about Attack on Titan? Okay. Uh, oh, wait, wait, hold on. I've watched a few episodes of Attack on Titan, and I've watched a few episodes of My Hero Academia. Okay. Attack on Titan is the one with like the big naked giants, right? Yes. Omar has been trying to get me to get into that show for a long time, and it's he keeps telling me like there's military vibes of like fiction military, like kind of like the Star Wars, the clone troops and stuff like that, and the Resistance. So like, maybe, maybe that could work for you. Hey, I mean, maybe. I honestly like. I I have no, like, I have nothing against anime at all, and like, I know a lot of people enjoy it, and you know, more power to you. It's just not something like I personally ever got into. Sure. Um, not saying that that's not saying that that's something that I wouldn't be interested in getting into, but mm. maybe it would take something like a Star Wars Visions, right, for yeah. me to sort of get used to used to sort of like the format and the vibe. Uh, you know, because I do like I do like those movies, like I like Spirited Away. Uh, you know, I, I like my neighbor Totoro, and but those are like, like you said, so basic, <laughs> like so basic. Yeah, which and isn't like, a problem, you know. Like, no, liking no. liking the mainstream stuff is not a problem at all. We're we're on a Star Wars no. podcast right now, like <laughs> like it's you know like no to- totally yeah. totally. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, I don't want people to you know, I don't I don't want to like I obviously don't come off as somebody who who like knows a lot about anime, but I just like want to make it clear that I don't really know much. But like I'm saying, I think Star Wars Visions may be a good way for somebody to sure. get into that. It, like me. 
Uh, one did one thing I do have to say: the trailer's music did not have to go that hard. I know uh, it went super hard, and it was it hyped me up big time. It was it was um, really good. Yeah, yeah. Overall, really good trailer. Visual styles like we knew this, but each one is very distinct. Uh, it all looks really cool. The I I really loved the one. I think this might be the duel, maybe like the the visual styles like like it kind of looks like it's constantly in motion even when it's still if that makes sense like yeah do you is it like the black and white ish one kind of like this is this is a deep deep cut but do you remember that episode of rugrats where they each drew their crayon drawings to tell stories and then the crayons were like it looked stop motion because it was like every frame was just looked a little different so it looked like all the lines were always moving honestly no but okay. you you sort of explained it you explained it so well that i can picture it in my head okay yes. okay well uh it doesn't look like that but it's going for a similar sort of always in motion <laughs> thing you know so like that that one looks really good uh, <laughs> i love how you like <laughs> you like explain something in suit in so much detail and you're like well it doesn't look like that at all but it looks... <laughs> uh, <laughs> no i do have to agree with you like all of them do for the most part look very different mm-hmm. um and the style the artistic styles look very unique throughout um, all of them i'm really excited for it um i am excited to talk about it here on jedi nights so stay tuned everybody because we'll be we'll be watching those for sure Absolutely. um but yeah the the trailer was pretty hype um i'll probably be watching it in japanese and uh, we'll see how that goes I'll, I'll report back yeah i for the most part whenever i watch anime because again like i said I, most of the ones i watch for mainstream i'll do the dub so english but mm-hmm. i've played a couple games in japanese that are from japan like i I played Breath of the Wild in Japanese, and I thought that was in- way better than the English voice acting. Um, Interesting. Yakuza is only in Japanese, so like, I'm I'm not averse to that, and I like watching foreign films. So I'll probably first episode I'll do both. I'll check the English one, and then I'll watch in Japanese, and then from there I'll probably make my decision. Yeah, I mean, from from what it seems like, I don't know the trailer, the the voice acting in the English trailer seems pretty good. Mm-hmm. So. I'm sure it'll be great um, because they don't really skimp out on stuff like that. Yeah. Um, they want to make it as, you know, uh, but you know, I, I, I'm just excited for it, man. It looks really cool. Uh, Star Wars is making me a weeb. we never thought that that would happen, but you know, here we are, it's 2021. We didn't think COVID would happen either. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, so stay tuned. Everybody will be watching that for sure. But uh, one other thing that we've been talking about a little bit, here on the podcast previously uh star wars essential legends collection books we talked about it before this is basically del rey uh publishing old legends non-canon star wars books uh from the past basically with like new covers and whatnot um and we don't have any new covers to sort of like talk about in detail but we do know that there are some new titles that will be getting this like sort of redone reboot um, one of them is Darth Bane, Dynasty of Evil. Another is Darth Plagueis, which is a fan favorite book. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Kenobi, 
which I, I I heard is also a fan favorite book. Honestly, didn't didn't really know much about this one. Yeah, me either. Uh, and X Wing, yeah, I didn't really know about that. But Darth Plagueis, I did know about. Um, and X Wing Wedges Gamble. So all of these will be arriving on April fifth, twenty twenty two, with uh, you know new cover art and everything. It is really cool. Uh, we talked about it previously on the podcast. Um, I think well, I'm trying to think of some of the books that had been adapted. I think like Heir to the Empire was one of them. Um, Rogue Squadron, so very cool stuff. Rogue Squadron was another one. Um, I'm excited to see because they all have like new art and stuff. They get like artists to do new cover art for it, and it always looks really clean. So yeah, I can't wait to see some of this stuff. Um, if only I had more money, I'd be buying <laughs> a lot of these. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I, I I I looked at the Kenobi book and I recognized the cover from the original one in print um and mm-hmm. i feel like i remember hearing mixed things about it but i feel like if they could get a really good cover art i i don't know my cave it's only like 16 bucks so oh so so basically what you're saying is that you need to be you need to be uh sort of wooed by the cover basically. yes i will judge this book by its cover and purchase accordingly well, at least you're being honest, Christian. <laughs> uh, well, anyways, I just thought I'd chat that out because we've been talking about that a little bit. Um, nothing, nothing really to see here. Um, and I am not sure if this is something that we discussed pre-pod, Christian, or not. But um, because it is, the, as we're recording, this is Tuesday, August 24th. Uh, I thought it would be nice to shout out that at Gamescom on August 25th at 2 p.m., Jeff Keighley, this is coming from Jeff Keighley himself, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, uh, the long-awaited game that, you know, I've, I personally am very much looking forward to. We'll get a showing at, games t- at Gamescom on Wednesday, August 25th at 2 p.m. So very cool, very excited to see what they have to say for that. Hopefully we get a release date. Probably not. Christian, what do you think? Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, Keeley usually has some good chunks to show when he has a thing to highlight um and it's been a long time since we've seen anything from this game we've only seen footage i think once maybe twice but yeah i'm excited to see it and i'm hopeful that we will get a release date for this one because i think all the games he's like saying that they're gonna get a highlight from for the most part I believe most of them are hitting this year. Like, um, he also said they're showcasing that new like Ninja Turtles side-scrolling arcade game beat 'em up. That's supposed to come out this okay. year. Um, I I mean we assumed about Lego Star Wars hitting this year. Um, Saints Row is getting a reboot and they're showing that off. I could see that be like surprise. It's out in November, but um, yeah, I, I'll hold faith. I'll say. We'll see a December release date maybe for this or something. What about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I was being a little bit too facetious when I said probably not earlier. I would say um, in reality, I think that I'd be very surprised if we didn't get a release date for this yeah. uh, at Gamescom. I think it's just, um, for lack of a better phrase, it's just about time, you know? Yeah. Um, and they've delayed it like multiple times well two times i think right 
Um, and if they're going to be showing it off at something like this, they better be ready to sort of just like put the final nail in the coffin, send that, send that thing out, um, get people buying it and everything. I'm excited to see what they're going to show. I assume and hope that they'll be showing like actual gameplay from this, like how the game will actually work. Mm -hmm. um, because like you said, Christian, only, the only thing that we've seen is like cinematic trailers, uh, which look great, but you know, they only do so much for a video game that you play. So uh, I'm very excited to see just like how this looks. I'm sure it looks amazing and I'm sure it plays great. Um, I just want to, I just want to play it myself. Really. Is what yeah. it comes down to. <laughs> Same. So uh, hoping for a good showing. Definitely. We'll have more to talk about that next week on Jedi Knights for sure. Um, anyways, I think it would be good to talk about some rumors in the force, take these with a grain of salt uh, and a good conversation topic. I think will John Boyega reprise his role as Finn for a Disney plus show. So this is coming from the hashtag show. Um, not really sure who these guys are, but it's been making some buzz on the internet. Uh, so take this with a huge grain of salt. Uh, according to the hashtag show, J.D. Dillard and Matt Owens, who I think are tapped to write a Star Wars movie, um, they're refocusing that to a Disney Plus show starring Boyega as Finn. It would tell the story of a pre-First Order Finn and jump forward in time to a post-Rise of Skywalker era. Uh, John Boyega in the past, I think we've talked about this a lot, actually, just about how he said that he wouldn't want to do any reprisal of Finn without having Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams uh, on the project with him. Uh, but J.J. does have a lot on his plate, having recently signed that big deal with Warner Brothers to do a bunch of, like, DC movies, I believe, like Superman movies, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and he's doing so, a Batman show, so. Right, like a bunch of stuff. Um, so it seems like he's got a lot on his plate, but, you know, you never know. Uh, people make time for things. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I, do you think do you think this would be something you're interested in? Obviously, take it. I'm taking it with a huge grain of salt. I don't really know who the hashtag show is, but I thought it'd be a cool discussion topic because to me, Finn is one of the characters in the sequel trilogy that was kind of kind of shafted a little bit. He 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 deserved a bit more screen time and a bit more development in his character. I think. Yeah. So my question is the specific pre First Order Finn. Was he not taken as a child? He was, which is why I'm also thinking maybe that isn't like, necessary. Like, that doesn't make much sense. Uh, yeah. Like, are we doing, like, a young Indiana Jones thing where it's, like, eight-year-old, nine-year-old Finn, like, Stranger Things style on his home planet, just looking through caves and stealing from space pirates? Like, what is this? Like, pre-First Order has me questioning things maybe they just mean like a flashback of showing him being abducted and the majority of it is modern day which i could see yeah but yeah a, a show about finn focusing on his pre for first order stuff i don't know if i'd be interested in that because i don't know how much there is there you know yeah, I think when I was reading this originally, it was more your latter impression of, of it. Like, you know, it kind of just, like, takes a little bit of time to sort of, like, show Finn as a kid and then, like, sure. his abduction by the First Order from his parents. And then most of it is, like, what he's doing after Exegol, you know? Yeah. So, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it would be interesting to sort of like explore Finn and his character post Rise of Skywalker, since we know, um, at least J.J. Abrams has said, uh, you know, he is is somewhat force sensitive. So we could could get Jedi Finn, you know. Yeah, and I'll say this: I know the most recent interview we talked about with John Boyega last summer said he'd be interested, like you said, if there were certain people involved still. I remember a long yeah. time ago, he said, like, you're not going to get me on a Disney Plus show or something like that. Like, I'm not, like, you're not putting me on Disney Plus. Like, I'm not that, you know, I'm not settling for yeah. that. But I wonder if now that he's seen the direction of some of these projects, like Kenobi, uh, Mandalorian even, or other stuff from Marvel that has some of the movie stars adapting to TV, like Tom Hiddleston, Elizabeth Olsen, Samuel L. Jackson, like maybe he's come around on the idea of doing a Disney plus show, because I think a lot of us are on the same page with these Marvel and star Wars projects on Disney plus that it's a really big benefit for character growth to having these characters explored in this medium. And I think, like you said, Finn who was shafted in this trilogy could absolutely use six hours of a television television series to really like flesh out what we wanted to see from him in the trilogy. So yeah, if we, if we can do that yeah. through a show for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Jedi Finn origins, please. No, literally. I mean, I think, I think it could work really well. Like you don't really have to even go to a young Finn. I feel like the force awakens did a pretty good job setting up like his character in that way. Right, his backstory. And yeah, I don't really need to know much about him other than the fact that he was a stormtrooper and now he's not, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, like, to be honest, like, I'm more interested in, like, yo, he's, what? He's Force-sensitive? You're, you're telling me that we're going to have, like, a stormtrooper storm turned Jedi? Like, that sounds more interesting to me. Like, Yeah, and uh, I think it could work as well, because, like, even if I feel like he... Maybe I'm wrong, but I think in that group of people, he also said, like, Daisy and Oscar he wanted there, too, maybe. I, I think he might have said that. Um, Perhaps. But I, I think you could probably, again, make it work where if it's Finn doing his training, um, you don't need Daisy Ridley in the show because you could just be like, hey, Ray told me I have to go on this mission to, like, go through my trials as a, as a Padawan or something, right? So she doesn't have to be there, yeah. but she can still have a presence looming across what he's doing. And I, again, just because there's this idea of his origins pre-First Order, maybe this is where we explore more of Janna, her past, right? Because she was also taken very young. So maybe we get Finn and Janna going across the galaxy, dealing with his traumatic history of being abducted and facing that to become a jedi you know like maybe that's his trial of getting over the life that was stolen from him you know and i think that could be cool that could be really cool uh especially you know i hadn't even really considered it but yeah what you said especially like maybe bringing in jana that would sort of give that that extra dimension right mm -hmm. um something that was the seeds were planted in the rise of skywalker but it didn't really seem much you know basically after that so mm -hmm. very interesting stuff all around yeah so. Um, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, interesting stuff. I'd love to see that happen. Um, however, uh, that's not what's going to be happening. Uh, uh, as far as as far as, well, who knows? Maybe 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 it will. Um, but take it with a grain of salt. I'd love to see it personally. Yeah. But we do have, uh, and what we what we can definitively say is happening has happened is episode 16 of the bad batch uh so yes the season finale that we are a week late in sort of talking about but alas we will be talking about it anyway uh it is the episode that finishes the first season of the bad batch very interesting stuff the name of the episode is camino lost and it sort of is the second part to our final um the you know the final sort of arc uh in the bad batch we pick up from right where episode one ends we have the bad batch and crosshair uh an un- unconscious crosshair sort of trying to escape camino city or Topoca city rather as it's being bombarded by the empire and um overall i think it was just like a very sl- like <laughs> i don't want to say slow burn burn but like not as action-packed as the first part and more just like deep in terms of like exploring the relationships between some of these characters um because it is basically them just sort of like walking for 20 minutes (laughs) for the most part yeah um honestly it's been a while since i watched it i watched it like two weeks ago so my details are hazy um but yeah christian do you have any any you know just like general thoughts about it I mean, general thoughts, I'm with you about the vibe of the episode. I will say some of my favorite moments in Star Wars are when there's no action and it's just a lot of characters talking, right? Um, no, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Right, 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 yeah. Uh, just, it's just, it is it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that being said, I do think that this episode as a finale was interesting. I feel like it probably would have been a bit more impactful as a big finale if these final two episodes were like a 50 minute episode you know instead of being split up um because it is a part one and a part two but i have yet to watch them back to back and i think that might change sorry there's a car outside i think that might change um maybe my view on how the season wraps up but overall i'd say i'm pretty positive on the finale parts one and two um I think I still have my issues with season one, but from where we leave off, I'm hopeful about a season two right now. Definitely. Um, I think we should maybe just talk about some of the main parts of this episode that sort of tie up some of the loose ends that we've been talking about previously. Um, Like we talked about, most of it was sort of uh, the Bad Batch and Crosshair and Omega trying to escape to Poco City as it's being bombarded. Um, and throughout the way, they sort of like have to talk with one another and work with each other, even though they're at odds to sort of escape. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that dynamic, you know, Crosshair sort of has to like work together with the Bad Batch um, so that they all survive. But, you know, they eventually make it out of the city and sort of leave Crosshair because he doesn't want to come with them. But it does seem as though Crosshair is sort of having second guesses and second doubts about the life that he's choosing. Um, Because as we can recall from the first part of this arc, Crosshair said that he had his uh, inhibitor chip taken out a while ago. So a lot of the um, 
a lot of the decisions that he's making, he's sort of making on his own will. And uh, it's interesting that he's maybe sort of get having those like second thoughts about it. Um, he doesn't really act on them. He sort of lets the bad batch leave. Yeah. Uh, at the end of Camino Lost, but you can kind of see in his voice or in his face and just like his actions and what he says that he may not be as as interested in the whole empire thing as he once was. I don't know if that was just complete misread on my part, but I think that's what we they were trying to get at. Sure, I can see that. I I read it slightly differently, where his his like acting, his performances, expressions. I read more as like he just feels betrayed that like these people who he felt were his brothers um, are staunchly against him when he sees this as like the way of the future, you know. But I, I could see it that mm-hmm. way too, you know. Like that could lead to him maybe in season two reevaluating his priorities of like yeah i'm a soldier how tied to a cause do i want to be because i was tied to a cause i believed in before and look how that ended up so i think there's definitely more stuff to mine and peel back with crosshair still being around and out there for a second season um that could lead to him reevaluating all that stuff for sure i I can see that so it's probably both honestly because i can i you say that and i'm not like that's not right because i'm like i can see that read on it for sure yeah now just like now i'm like rethinking about it like there is that scene where sort of like he saves az right and he saves like omega in the process uh as they're sort of like sinking in that sequence um Honestly, good character development for Omega too. She goes to save somebody, even though she, well, it was a bad idea. So it kind of shows her own character in a very like profound way. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like when they were on the platform, there was a moment where I think Omega tells Crosshair that like you know that the Bad Batch like they're all family basically. And for me, like the way that I read that scene was like Crosshair. It seemed like Crosshair. That made Crosshair a little sad. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if that's just like the way. I don't know if maybe maybe it's not what they were trying to get at, but you know, I think it does leave some open-ended questions for that a season two could address. And I think that it would be interesting to sort of address that question of like, does Crosshair sort of like feel betrayed by the Empire? You know, what where does where do his loyalties like actually lie? That's a big question that I think season two will have to tackle with, um, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, it was pretty cool to see them back together, working together, uh, even though it ended up in that way. Uh, thankfully, there were there was no there were no main character deaths. <laughs> yeah, we gotta win. <laughs> we love it. Yeah. We love it. <laughs> um, um, I I have a quick question for you, I guess. Um, yeah. It can be through this episode, but also I guess as the season as a whole. Um, looking at Omega, do you think that the whole found family taking care of a child thing that we've seen in Mando, kind of in, in Rebels, and now in Bad Batch, do you think Omega is like growing to be a character that will be different from Ezra or Grogu could be, you know, because I think Omega being raised by clones and being 
super selfless is at least season one kind of different from where uh ezra was because i feel like in season one of rebels ezra was just like oh yeah being a jedi sounds cool i'd love to do that you know yeah 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 (laughs) i mean i guess the way that i see it is um you know especially after this last episode you know the bad batch throughout the whole season sort of take care of omega and it's a story about them sort of like figuring out how to take care of her and her and like you know omega's sort of like learning about herself and like what her priorities are and like what her strengths and what her weaknesses are Mm -hmm. um but then at the same time i think that this this final episode kind of gives us a clue as to what like the broader story of the bad batch is really about and i think it still is in that theme of like family and stuff but i'm not really convinced that it's like all about omega i think i think omega is supposed to just be like the counterpoint basically to crosshair and that the main story is really just about like what is family and like bringing crosshair back and like having omega like become one of them Mm -hmm. uh, even though she's like kind of an outsider and stuff that's like the way that i look at it um i just i just think about it in like those i'm thinking about it in like that bigger context and i'm thinking about if that's the direction that they're trying to go with it Um, because it seems and it seems as though omega specifically has like a different role than like a grogu or an ezra right or even an ahsoka um it seems as though like she's there to sort of like be that like antithesis of crosshair Mm -hmm. essentially i'm not sure if she's like i'm not saying that she's there specifically to be an instrument of his redemption but you know i think like her character being there and and the way that she's being developed is basically like supposed to be like that counterpoint sure Um, i don't know it's interesting it's interesting yeah that's a good point and i i'm I'm with you. I think that the future of the Bad Batch is more than just Omega, and she's kind of like that glue, right? And um, yeah. not to say that she's not an interesting character on her own, because I think she is. And definitely, like yeah. where we're going with her, sort of being this kind of selfless rebel in a way, like prototype. Uh, I think is different. Like I mentioned from the first impression I had of Ezra. So yeah, I'm excited to see what's next with Omega, but I think. I agree with you of the scope of Bad Batch being more than just her. I think that has me a little bummed looking at season one because, like, obviously Hunter was my favorite going in. He Out of the group, he's still my favorite. But I really feel like the rest of the crew did not get much growth. Like, and talking about the Bad Batch being this family unit and it's more than just Omega, like, maybe it's because we had a very minimal i'll say introduction to the bad batch but like i don't know how much that is like uh, relevant here but having some touchstone with them and then taking the majority of the season to flesh out omega the new character um like even hunter i don't think was grew that much but like he had a lot of screen time, so compared to him, like Wrecker, Tech, and uh, Echo, like Echo, yeah. I'm hoping we get more from them. Like, I don't know, man. How do you feel about the rest of the team? Like, 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think you're definitely right. I think, like, honestly, if you look at, I think Echo kind of was the one that didn't get, like, as much screen time at all. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, like, maybe, and maybe it was because, like, he was, like, a character from a previous show, so they didn't want to spend too much time on him because mm-hmm. he's kind of already gotten that development and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it, it just seems like, the show kind of started off some of the other characters excluding crosshair and omega as like caricatures um and it kind of ended that way too with not a lot of development i definitely think that you're right and part of me is like wondering like how much development do they actually need to have right like at a certain point hunter is you know just gonna be like you know the tactician of them yeah Mm -hmm. you know like honestly yeah (laughs) like Wrecker is just going to be the big strong guy like and at a certain level it's like how much are we really going to expect from that mm-hmm. um but yeah i think i think it is a little bit disappointing i'd have to agree with you that you know they start off as caricatures they kind of end up the same with not that much development yeah. and at that point it's kind of like what are we doing what are we doing here you know yeah uh, i think that i think it's not necessarily impossible that this that they're going to get that development in fut- in a future season. Um, but it is, it, it is a little bit upsetting. Definitely. Yeah. And that's, I think where I'm looking for the early episodes of the next season is like, do we flesh out the team more? Is Omega gonna, we're doing a, like a time jump. So she's a bit more naturally progressed in her abilities. And we don't have to be like, continuing to teach a lot of the same lessons right like if we pick up maybe two years after the end of the season it's like oh yeah she's older now that progression that you saw her take in season one she continued over those two years and now she's a really core member of this team and is running running off to people um yeah I don't, I don't think they'd do that but i think that could allow for the team to feel a bit more even footed you know and if that's not the case, if we continue to just focus on Omega, I'll be happy with that because I think, she, like I said, she's an interesting character and I'm excited to see her grow with this group. But yeah, like I'd like to see at least one episode dedicated to each team member having some time to to chew the dialogue and story, you know? Yeah, yeah. Some time to sit, some time to stew. I definitely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't mean to rhyme, <laughs> but I did. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think that's definitely definitely all good points. I did want to sort of point out though that the episode does end with a very interesting sequence where uh, a few Imperial starfighters uh, bring Nalase into some like weird mount, like Imperial base, like built on the side of a mountain mm-hmm. or something. Uh, basically saying that like you know the empire has big things planned for her that they admire her scientific talents uh uh cough cough palpatine maybe that's what i was thinking mm-hmm. they getting all say to do some palpatine work i don't know i think so i could be wrong but i thought i saw somebody tweet about knowing the planet like i'm pretty sure that's a confirmed place so i don't know if there's anything to yeah. feed into that yeah, so I, there there are some people who like you know are are super into Star Wars Legends, 
who have said that this is similar to a planet. Um, I'm trying to right now sort of figure out what planet that actually is. Uh, but in Star Wars Legends, as, as I can remember, this is like sort of, it sort of looks like a planet the Empire had where they would do like, you know, scientific experiments and stuff in Legends. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the layout and like the, the visual is like a tad different, I think, from what it was like sort of depicted as in Legends, but same concept, it seems, same idea. Um, so you can almost think that, you know, it's probably the same planet, just like in canon. Um, but I'm trying to figure out what that is right now. What do you think about that, though? Like, it's sort of like the Empire's secret scientific facility, basically. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. It's Palpatine's Snoke setup, right? Just, again, feeding into that. Yeah. Um, we made a, a decision between 8 and 9, and we're going to use every other project we have to justify it because it was a big leap, you know? Like, um, yeah. And Star Wars has done that in the past, right? Like, um, the prequels, I guess, that... Well, how did Anakin killing Tusken Raiders into lead to him being terrified of everything and Padme and all that stuff in Revenge of the Sith and then some would say big character leap um but Clone Wars was able to help flesh out that that slow burn of a dark festering thing so I don't think it's I don't think it's too too much of a leap (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. so yeah I imagine it's it's definitely um setting up Snoke I I did see a theory running around recently um that the Luke we saw in the Mandalorian was actually Luke like Luke oh like the clone Luke yeah so do you think that this is uh <laughs> something that's going to be brought into I, canon through this I think that's really silly mm-hmm. I think that's really silly mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that was I think that was Luke with one you mm-hmm. uh <laughs> but yeah I think honestly you know, they got to have to find a way to sort of like make Palpatine showing up in the rise of Skywalker, like ha- have that make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think if they, yeah, you know, I don't know the empire kidnapping Nalsa and bringing her to like a, you know, science scientific facility in the side of a mountain seems pretty, seems like something the empire would do. Sure. You know, uh, <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, I think that it's obvious that that's kind of like where they're going to go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see what they do with it because they need to answer it because it doesn't really make much sense as it stands. Um, yeah. So fill in, that, fill in those holes, Dave Filoni. Do you think specifically with the Nalase base point, do you think that gets like continued in season two or is this just like a greater universe thing of like, hey, this is where she went. You probably can assume what happens and we'll have a book about this event later. But do you think that is a factor in season two or is this just like one of those nuggets to flesh out the world kind of like how snoke in the tube and mando was oh it's it's totally like gonna be part of the next season for sure i mean i think like i don't know i just think that that this is the perfect opportunity for lucasfilm to sort of like fill in the plot holes that they may have had previously um and you know palpatine being resurrected in the rise of skywalker to me is like a pretty big plot hole um that's not explained mm-hmm. and yeah i don't think that they would sort of like end it on like the empire like very sinisterly and empire like being like we have big plans for you you know what i mean and then mm-hmm. just like never do anything with it uh 
so I think it's definitely we're gonna we're gonna see some more about this, um, and I think it's gonna directly connect to Palpatine's, um, you know, final final plan where he doesn't die. <laughs> the final order. Um, the final order. Yes. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, it makes so much sense, doesn't it, Christian? It does. <laughs> it does. Um, but yeah, overall, um, it was good. The season as a whole. It was it was fine. Um, I was I went in very excited. Out of the two of us, I was definitely the one buzzing going into the show. Definitely, yep. Definitely. I, I wouldn't say I'm disappointed, but I was left wanting more, and I think a second season could do that for the show. Um, I was hoping we wouldn't deal with the season one Clone Wars, and I I think this is better than season one of Clone Wars. Do not confuse that. What I'm saying. Um. I didn't think we'd be dealing with growing pains after coming right off of Clone Wars Season 7. Understandable yeah. that we are. So I'm not, you know, I'm not writing off the show or anything. Like, I'm absolutely excited for Season 2, and I think Season 2 could be really good. Um, my only thing is, I think they can cut down on the episode number for Season 2. Yeah, I think we had been talking about that off-pod a little bit. If they had, you know eight to ten episodes uh, a little bit of a tighter season it could have been a bit better mm-hmm. um you said you said that you wouldn't say you're disappointed i would say i am a little bit um to be honest with you just just because just because i think that there was a lot of time that they spent sort of just like kicking the can down the road and it was like it got to points where i started watching it and i was like what is going like what is happening like yeah. you know <laughs> yeah maybe uh maybe i am disappointed but that just sounds harsh because i did enjoy it I, like overall yeah yeah like the week to week talking about it having a new star wars thing every week like i i love star wars so i did like having that but in terms of what i went in hoping for it did not meet that really at all yeah I th- and i think that's i think that's fair i mean it does sound a little harsh but i think it's fair i i, I mean not just like you said um you know that's not, not to say i didn't enjoy it because mm-hmm. i definitely enjoyed it i thought it was quality um it's just not really what i was expecting yeah it wasn't really what I was hoping for. Um, but, you know, there's always a season two. We know that for sure. That's happening in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure that because of, there's going to be a season two, I'm sure there'll be a season three and possibly even in season four. Uh, who knows what they're going to do with this. And we'll be definitely seeing the Bad Batch sometime soon. Um, it left off on a pretty interesting note. I think that they have, you know, decent things to tell. I'd like them, I'd like them to get a little bit more into the foundation of the rebel alliance yeah that's just that's just the thought let's do that season two but overall i thought it was pretty good um excited to see season two that's for sure absolutely well uh that was quite the episode uh we had basically enough news to cover two whole weeks yeah christian uh it was a pleasure as always hopefully next week we'll have some lego star wars news to talk about um i'm sure we will uh do you want to take us out to see unless you have anything else to say sure mike where can everybody find you yeah you can find me on twitter at mike p connors very nice you can follow me on twitter twitch and tiktok at sean tv2 as well as here youtube.com slash joy clicks for the video version of jedi knights in the jedi knights playlist alongside the playlist for excelsior our marvel show games cast our game show and all the other shows we do if you want the audio version, Apple Podcast, Spotify, 
your service of podcasting listening that you enjoy the most you can check it out on there <laughs> we're everywhere baby absolutely um if you can rate a review on the platform that you like it would be appreciated because it helps us out and takes a quick second and uh it helps grow the audience and the listeners and the show if you want to support us on the monetary level patreon.com slash joyclicks at the one and five dollar tiers five dollar tier will give you producer credit on this show and every show like aaron easton and charles applin so thank you very much and that is it for 94 episode 94 of Jedi Knights. We'll be back next week with hopefully, like you said, Mike, some Lego Star Wars news. And uh you know what? We're getting close to September. Maybe maybe it's time for a Book of Boba Fett trailer. Uh you know what? I th- I'm I'm smelling blood in the water, Christian. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping. Yeah. Uh, it's I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Hell yeah. Well, until then, we're fine. Everything's fine. How are you? May the force be with you. Oh, yes, 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 you're right. Beep is up.